Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Hey there. Before we jump in today, I want to tell you about my Conscious Confidence course. It is a one-of-a-kind online course that teaches women physicians and really anyone, any woman, man, whatever, any human, how to overcome self-doubt, rumination, and worry about other people's opinions so you can finally enjoy your career, feel confident, and find balance. And what this course essentially is, is months and really years of all of the knowledge that I learned about how to really cultivate true and lasting confidence. And this took me a lot of practice on myself and practice teaching it to others to really hone in on how to make this as simple and actionable as possible. So when you get access to the course, you're going to have the ability to watch the videos as needed in any order that you want. It's really bite-sized videos that will help you to take what you need when you need it. And this is going to help you be confident no matter what goes on at work or at home. And you're going to gain the skills that you need to leave work at work. And what this is going to create for you is real balance in your life and no more dread. So get this course. It's really required for anyone who is just done being led by self-doubt. And after this course is done, you are going to be amazed at how different your life is when you are leading with confidence. You can find it at www.consciousinmedicine.com forward slash course, or just click on the show notes page to take you there. All right. Enjoy the episode. Dr. Tammy Chang is a board-certified physician in pediatric hematology oncology and co-founder of Pink Coat MD, which is an uplifting community to empower women physicians. Her upcoming book, which is just being released February 3rd, 2022, is called Boundaries for Women Physicians, Love Your Life and Career in Medicine. And it focuses on understanding that to heal and serve others, one must first focus on having a healthy body, spirit, and mind. She also serves as the program director for the American Medical Women's Association's Elevate Leadership Development Program. You can find more information about Tammy at www.tammychangmd.com. Tammy, I'm so happy you're here. As you were saying offline, we I this has been like a year in the making, me waiting for you to, to oh come God. and be with me. So <laughs> thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Kristen. Oh, um, what, a, you, what a joy. For, I feel the same. Yeah. So you do some incredible things. So if you don't mind, tell me about it with all the amazing things you do, where has self-doubt popped up for you the most? Oh, I think every <laughs> single thing. <laughs> I like really self-doubt. Oh, like all of it all every time. Right. I can't think of a single thing I've been up to that hasn't totally brought self-doubt up to the forefront. Yeah. yeah. I can appreciate that for sure. Where do you think Looking back now, because, you know, with all of the amazing things with, you know, the, just the residency and then the fellowship and then being an attending and all the programs you've created for women physicians, where do you think it has been the most, it felt like most of a burden to you? I think it was when I was starting out as an attending. Mm -hmm. I think it was the most burdensome then. It's been loud 
this whole time since then, mm-hmm. that it hasn't held me back in the way that I think it did at that beginning part. Yeah. And in what ways do you think it was holding you back the most? I think I wasn't comfortable to do things. I, I was second guessing myself with mm-hmm. everything. But when I, even when I think back on it though, it's still, I was still very comfortable to ask everyone for help mm-hmm. and it, that didn't, it didn't hold me back from that. And I did learn a lot from that perspective. So hmm, you're making me think even farther back. Then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I really to be now, if I think really being completely honest, if I think back to it, it was when I was a kid mm-hmm. and, a, and a, a, I was a very soft-spoken Believe it or not, I'm, I'm pretty outgoing and loud now, but I was the quietest kid in my school. I was very shy. I never participated in class as a kid. Very awkward, mm-hmm. very shy, very self-conscious. And I think that continued into college and it wasn't really until halfway end of college that I really started to come out of that shell. So if I really think back on life, it was probably around that time. Yeah. Was there a reason that you were that way? Like you were shy and more soft-spoken back when you were a kid? I actually remember when it shifted because I was a really spunky, loud, and sassy five, <laughs> kindergartner, <laughs> you know, five, six-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, I, I even remember the moment actually when I had a teacher in the first grade. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it even, it's an interesting, the things you remember mm-hmm. and it's not anyone's fault because I would have done the same thing. And I still remember one teacher saying, Tamara, be quiet. You're too loud, like yelling Mm. across the room. And I still remember that. Isn't that weird? And I I do think that was one moment when I started to get quieter because that was when I started to be more self-conscious, wanting to be liked up until when I was in second grade, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. You really want for our girls, right? And I started to become Mm -hmm. self-conscious then. Yeah. Thanks for thinking. Thanks for that. Because I hadn't thought about that in a real long time. Yeah. And it brings up such a good point that I think we all have moments like that in our childhood that we look back and we're like, of course, that is how an adult would respond to a child behaving that way. But it, when you're in it, it's so, it, it really found, can be foundational if it just happens to be a memory that you hold on to. And I think if you have any, like if you're around kids at all, it actually is terrifying to think about that because it's like one wrong, like one bad day could be like something that they hang on to and shapes them. So it really is amazing to think about that. But I think that it's worth everyone thinking back to like that childhood. Like when did things shift for you? Um, Cause I had a similar experience when I was a little bit older, I was in middle school mm-hmm. and I remember being like, I was always very confident and I loved myself very much. And then I remember in like sixth grade, I had moved a ton and I got made fun of like for the clothes I was wearing. And that's a moment that I remember like, oh, like people are judging me for things like the type of pants that I wear. (laughs) And then after that, I I totally changed. Like I became self-conscious. So I think we all have moments like that, that I think we need to process. Yeah. Because until we have a moment to even have a conversation about it and to slow down and think about it. I didn't, I hadn't thought of that moment in a very long time. Yeah. So what was it that shift that you had when you were a little bit older, you're sitting in college that you were able to kind of come out of your shell? What was it? Was it an experience then that made that change? Yeah, it was, I was start, I experienced outdoor leadership for the first Mm. time in an all women's backpacking group. Hence I, wow. I actually really think everything about life now, which is more than 20 some years later, is really back to when I was 19, 
yeah. on that first all girls backpacking trip together in the New Hampshire, like New Hampshire. Your, really? Your oh Downs, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. And well, I was at Brown and a lot of the colleges in the Northeast do a, like a, a fresh backpacking trip. And this was yeah. our rising sophomore trip that we did at Brown. And it, I honestly remember, I think for the first time I was singing trail songs, I was shouting mm. like, the, like a kid, the way mm. we were when we were five or six and not so conscious. Right. And yeah. I was with all women. So it, I didn't care for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they, we all supported each other. And it, I actually think that that was, and I know that was the, that, that moment for me in my life. Yeah. As a kid. Wow. And I just got full body chills, which I take as a sign that there's something really meaningful here. And what, what is coming up for me is that you were having fun, (laughs) which fun and play is something that is fundamentally important with becoming the most confident version of ourselves. So it makes total sense that you were out in this moment where you were present and joyful and you were able to like re-grasp and reclaim that version of you. But the totally unfiltered, goofy version that doesn't really yeah. anyone. Yes. It really is who we really are, right? It when is. To it. When I think back to peak moments of my life. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I have not forgotten it. It's been over 20 some years. I'm in my family, yeah. right? I still, when I think of the peak moments in my life, I have three, and that's one of the three. Wow. Okay. So, what are the other ones? Oh. <laughs> well, now I want to, then I want to know yours. <laughs> If, if you'll share, I know this is your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you can come to my podcast and I can ask you all the same questions. <laughs> no, I, uh, the next one was when I was at camp, uh, a camp doc, actually at cancer camp in Colorado. Mm. I actually volunteered for 10 years and it was, wow. it was, it was volunteering again in that same space of empowering others, really just, uh, really honoring the beauty of the, the, the individual for who mm-hmm. they are, not trying to be anything else. It, it's a kind of, it's the, it's the same kind of place where we were doing rock climbing walls and zip lines and dancing. So dancing is another thing that brings, used to bring up a lot of self-consciousness for me. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also nothing more human or more human or, or carefree or, or um, full of freedom than just dancing on just yeah. whatever. Right. And not even, caring so it was that experience of being a camp doc there and watching the kids on the dance floor and mm-hmm. watching them come off the zip line and actually my favorite part is when we did family camp and then I would see the parents because they would mm-hmm. grown-ups they were the grown-ups right and they've been caring for cancer kids for years so there's like this weight mm-hmm. and heaviness and it was really so cool to watch over the course of only 48 hours mm-hmm. be all grown up grown up And by the time they left, they were just rocking it out on the dance floor mm. with their kids. I mean, it, like nothing makes it more to me. So clearly I, that's another peak moment. Mm-hmm. And the third one was, was uh, getting married with my husband. <laughs> yeah. With and my I'm sure that was fun. <laughs> not, not, not in the same like crazy dancing, yeah. whatever way it was a little more serious, but still. yeah. More like an intimacy, like cultivating intimacy kind of way. Yeah. How about for you? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm putting, you're putting my, I'm putting myself on the spot, I guess, with the return of the questions. I think for me, one of them was actually really recently when it had to do with zip lining as well. It was during my last, um, woman physician adventure retreat where we were on a platform. It was like all like seven of us. And, um, and they were like, and this one, one of the women, women was like, I'm so glad I did this. And, I just was like, like it literally brought tears to my eyes because here we were like 
we had just met and we were all there like ex- like experiencing this like exhilarating joyful moment and it was all because i just had an idea of what would be fun to do and i created it so i think that was like blew my mind and it was like of course i only got to that moment because we were like on the you know on the top of a tree to like going off a tree <laughs> yeah 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 and then my wedding was to my husband was also a, a great one and it was more like um, I remember walking down the aisle, which was like, again, that intimacy, like really solidifying, but then the dancing afterwards, like, mm-hmm. I remember like all of me and my, my girlfriends, like dancing to let it go before, before oh. I should be watching. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> and that was so fun. Um, and then, huh. I have to think of the third one, probably all like recently, like my, when my husband and I went to Disney for the first time, actually when he proposed to me, but it was like an adult trip. So it was like, and I was just, I was a resident, an OBGYN resident. So I was like not having a lot of fun, like just free fun. Um, and it was just like, I got to be a kid again mm. in that environment. And it was just, it was really about fun. So I think same, like those, it was with those moments that are, I remember just joy, joy, you know? Well, yeah. I heard you, I heard you say be a kid again. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's a theme, that's a theme for, for me as well. Yeah. We don't and I, do that. We don't. Yeah. And I think we think that it's not professional or we don't have time for it. And what I know now, I'm reading this book now by Stuart Brown, who is um, a physician and an author. And he wrote this book called Play. And he talks all about that. He's like, the opposite of the quote is that that I just read was the opposite of of play is not work it's depression and it's so true it's <laughs> so true it's so true it's like maybe oh i my saw gosh. you quote him somewhere did you yeah i just did a couple days ago maybe that's yeah. why I'm like, this seems familiar but i don't know yeah <laughs> that's why yeah oh, yeah that's so true oh, that's really that's probably yeah so before we i know like time is flying by and i want to make sure i talk to you about this book that I think by the time this airs, we'll just be coming out. So tell me, like, has this had the idea of writing a book been on your mind forever? Like, how did this come about for you? That's a great question because it makes me think about all the things we were talking about before mm. we started the in, the podcast when we were talking yeah. about how all, you do all these things that are really uncomfortable and you just go and do them. Yes. <laughs> and I think I'd always had this dream of writing a book, but didn't know what and seemed mm-hmm. like it was so out of my reach. Like, like what would I write about? Who am I to yeah. try to write a book? Like, I don't know how to write a book. And it definitely brought up when I decided to do it, I was so excited, of course. And then it brought up all the insecurities. I actually mm-hmm. bought three books on grammar and whatever syntax all over. Cause I haven't done anything since high school. Yeah. Right. And of course I started to do that before I felt like I could write anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe not an uncommon, maybe human, but also I think a particular female trait. Oh yeah, for right? sure. We feel like we have to be prepared or mm-hmm. do it as well, do it really or well. Or like overly prepared, like 150% prepared. Yeah. And I, I finally gave up cause I kept falling asleep trying to read. Yeah. <laughs> just start writing the book. Finally, I just said, screw this. I'm just going to write the crappy first draft. Just like, I mean, I think Brene Brown says that uh, S-H-I-T-T-I crappy first draft, but it's the same idea. I was like, whatever. I'm, this is why I'm going to hire an editor to help me. So then I got it out, but it brought all that up to you. Yeah. So how did you end up landing on boundaries, which I think is such an important topic for, especially for women physicians, but why was that the topic that you felt the most strong about? Yeah, it, it, it's because everything about my life came out of 
everything about my life now has absolutely come out of the darkest time mm-hmm. three years ago. And so many of us in this space have not a, maybe a similar story or have our own kind of experience with burnout. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I was severely burnt out. It was, it was a low point in my life. I was suicidal. And I, I share that very openly now. This is not fun or happy. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. It's the reality of, of our world as physicians. One in five physicians consider yeah. suicide. And we don't talk about it. It's like this huge hidden secret. There's so much stigma. Mm-hmm. That it's finally coming to light because of how tough things are in the pandemic now. So I'm grateful. And mm-hmm. so that that really was the catalyst for everything I'm up to now mm. again now these days I'm so I mean it, it it just the contrast of that low point with just the the joys and the highs and the the deep meaning and the work of all the stuff I get to do now I mean there's just no there's not enough words to express the gratitude of what I get to do now and so I looking back on that time I absolutely it's so clear that I I hit that point because I had no boundaries I don't mm-hmm. think I, I had no idea what they were yeah and I see it as a common running theme with other women, in particular mm-hmm. women physicians. And I, I just wrote this little reflection article. I was thinking about it and I wrote it and I, I put it on Kevin MD where we mm-hmm. a great place to share things. And it just went viral. Mm-hmm. And I got so much feedback from it that actually really surprised me. Mm-hmm. And it clearly hit a nerve. Mm-hmm. So that was the moment when I said, okay, let's, let me just try writing a book and see if I can share a little bit more that could help others. Yeah. And what do you think, what if, what's come up for you as far as either for colleagues or women you work with that the obstacles for creating boundaries? I think it's, maybe it's a little bit of what we talked about at the beginning, mm. that, that perfectionism, yeah. that it's so strong in us, especially as women physicians and, and as women, I think all mm-hmm. the, the strong need to give and to be caretakers that we were mm-hmm. really socialized and raised to be. That's yeah. what a nice girl does. And, mm-hmm. and then you take it another level there uh, as physicians, we're, we're, we have to be high, pretty high achieving to get here. We were, had to be really competitive with ourselves often. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there's a strong, there's a strong streak of self-doubt and self-criticism within yep. us. That's partly, it's, it's a, it's a running theme as well. We're so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think all these things are really internal it starts from the inside and those thoughts in our minds, right? And yep. that drives our emotions and our experience and of the world and how people interact with us and how we interact with them. So I, I do think it starts starts really deep from the inside. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Um, so I think my last question, I'm gonna, I want to tie the book into self-doubt because I think it's really, uh, it ties nicely together. So tell me what you think Tell me how you think boundaries and creating strong boundaries helps to temper the self-doubt and imposter syndrome. I think when we have really strong self, strong boundaries from the, from, from a place of strength from Mm -hmm. the inside out, it doesn't become work to maintain those boundaries anymore. Like it just becomes integrated into who we are and how we think, how we act, how we be in the day in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, one of the key boundaries is that self-doubt. It, it kind of just falls to the wayside. You know, like if we have a strong sense of self, a strong sense of our own worth, of awareness of our own thoughts and how we think and our patterns and things that we tend to get stuck on, right, or trigger us. And when we have that really strong sense and we've developed those boundaries over and over and over and over again, and that awareness of, 
the imposter syndrome and the self-doubt and the self-criticism, it actually, it's like a muscle. Like it Mm -hmm. just starts to become, it's not nearly as difficult of a lift, right. To push it aside. Cause like, to me, boundaries are not like, no, I have to like push it to the side. It's more, no, these are just firm guardrails in life, right. It's Mm -hmm. that picket fence around my, my yard. It's not like it's really going to really keep anything out unless I, I mean, I'd have to go at it with a baseball bat. Like there's no way (laughs) if someone could still totally hop right over my little fence. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's a matter of just having a, a invisible line boundary there that doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be like a barbed wire fence, right. It can be something much more healthier than that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just as a final thought boundaries, even with yourself, like how you talk to yourself, you know, where in the hierarchy you are, I think those are important boundaries too that are going to really help to keep your love and curiosity in the driver's seat instead of the self-doubt. Oh, without question. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it's all about at the end of the day, my only hope really for others is just to to give ourselves the same love and compassion that I know we give to others. And we, we have been allowed to, we haven't been given the permission to do that in our lives mm-hmm. often. And so I'm, that's why I'm so grateful for the work you're doing and bringing this, just bringing awareness and, and solutions and actual support, right. For, to help us through this, because it's hard to do it on our own. We need, we yeah. need someone to help us. Yeah. So grateful you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. I feel the same about you. Um, it's been great to have you on and, and chat with you. And I let in the notes, there'll be where to find you about getting your new book and your website, TammyChangMD.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kristen. Dr. Kristen. <laughs>